Yeah, yeah, you're in alignment there. And that's the job of the owner. The, the owner's job is to, is to hire the troops and get them all lined up. Li line them all up together and understand that every department in a, in a real functioning business that the owner enjoys running or having, all of the departments understand each other's role. There's cross communication between the divisions, not just this big glorious vision and it's all about PT, it's understanding how each department, how marketing leads to a discovery visit, which is sales, right? So now we're in a sales situation. When we sell the plan of care, now we're in what we would call the operations department, which is now deliver on the promise that you made. And when the promise has been delivered, the finance team takes over and collects the check. So if you, if you don't have that alignment across those divisions and everybody speaking to each other, it's chaos, but that's usually what happens. This is the Paul Goff Audio Experience, business lessons for physical therapists. My name is Paul Goff, former professional soccer physical therapist turned successful business owner and best-selling author from the UK. Each week, we answer your questions and bring you an inspiring story or person from the global physical therapy community. This show is dedicated to sharing with you everything you need to know to become hugely successful in private practice. Thanks for joining me today. Now let the class begin. All right, welcome to another episode of the Physical Therapy uh, Business School podcast, Paul Goff Audio Experience. Uh, it's great to be here. This is uh, Paul live from Orlando. It is uh, March the 11th. It is uh, Wednesday, March the 11th. Great to be here, as always. Uh, fabulous to be here. I am fresh um, after a day off yesterday. Uh, I took yesterday off from... Um, just from the office, just hung out with Natalie and Grayson. Uh, Tobias and Harry were at school yesterday, so it was nice to hang out with Natalie. Uh, we had an epic weekend in New Orleans on the back of our biggest ever mastermind event. So thank you for everybody who came out. Uh, it was the uh, highest attending uh, PG big event. Uh, these events are getting bigger and better every time, and it's great to be getting face-to-face -face with you all. Uh, New Orleans is a cool city. Um, it was fab to be there, and um, just great to mix with everybody. So I've got some audio today for you from that event. It was a, a candid conversation that I'm going to share with you that I had with the marketing slash front desk assistants of um, some of the mastermind members there uh, and the advice that I give them on how to deal with their boss. So I think you might enjoy this. I'll, I'll uh, tell you more about it in just a moment. But um, the events, uh, just to give you a heads up, the next one is Los Angeles, July the 11th and 12th in the US. And the next big one in the UK is 27th and 28th of April, which will be at my clinic in Hartlepool 2020. So um, it's very tempting for you to think when I am talking to you that all of this isn't going on and, and this is just pre-recorded stuff that's years now out of date. Now, it might be for some of you, uh, depending upon when you listen, but the general premise is the same, that um, these events, my strategic planning days, my masterminds in the UK, the big events here in the US, they're happening and um, more and more people are getting involved, uh, mainly podcast listeners who are uh, coming on board into the PG community uh, that we're building. So if you're listening and you, you, you know, you're, you're thinking, is that date real and is that event real? Absolutely, yes. Um, so don't rule yourself out from coming to one of the events. Um, mark down the dates in your calendar. There's different options. We have an executive level option now at the events. We have a general admission option. We have a guest pass option. Uh, get in touch, Paul, at paulgoff.com if you are interested in being part of the 
uh, mastermind uh, global community of business owners now that we are uh, recruiting for actively constantly um, so the event uh, went off like a rocket uh, give you some ideas of things that we speak about that you can uh, look forward to uh, leadership is a big one uh, we talk about how to lead a business not just uh, be a good PT uh, very difficult for some people to hear that but really the difference in your um, you know your the, the success of your business uh, will come when you have uh, the skills required of you to run that business and that's uh, undoubtedly for many is leadership uh, which is recruitment so we spoke about recruitment and how to hire uh, people to answer the phone for you uh, we spoke about a, a framework that i uh, use called business value maximization and ultimately taught the members how and what to do the six steps to get your business valued at a million dollars so that you could sell it one day um, but the idea is that if it's run so well and you follow the framework the six steps in the framework that you could sell it but you never would want to because um, you're probably going to be making more in cash flow than you ever would selling it out and then reinvesting the money so it was a huge mindset shift for many people to run your business and build your business in a way that it could one day be sold even if you have no aspirations to actually sell it so um, so that took place. Uh, we had uh, members on stage. Uh, we have a session uh, that is called uh, Crucial Decisions, 10 Crucial Decisions, where we bring a member up and they share their crucial decision-making process to get from where they started with us to where they are now. Jonathan Rizik did a great job. Uh, we might put some of his session out on the podcast at some point, uh, but ultimately he shared a story of how he went from uh, joining us at $90,000 uh, in revenue to now on track to do $800,000 this year, uh, less than three years later. Phenomenal growth um, by anybody's standards. Full, uh, almost 100% cash pay, uh, he's hired two PTs, front desk, marketing assistant. So he's generally growing and heading towards a million dollar cash practice, which was um, it was inspiring for everybody in the room to hear Jonathan's stories and ultimately understand the crucial decisions that he's making. And I always think it helps when you see other people making decisions that sometimes you struggle with. You you know, you and I, um, we all have that, that negative uh, voice, if you like, that false belief of this is a big decision and I don't like it. And I just think it helps to understand that other people are making them big decisions as well. And if you you know, see that other people are making these big decisions, it gives you the courage and the confidence to move forward with some uh, insight, not necessarily hindsight, uh, that uh, you know these, these things are normal and is what we have to do if we want to advance from a $90,000 business per year to an $800,000 business per year. So it was a wonderful time. We had a big party on the Saturday. We always theme our events. Um, this time it was a Mardi Gras themed event and we brought in a tarot reader, a, uh, a New Orleans band, local kind of band that was amazing. Uh, we hired a magician in and everybody was dressed up. We had our masks on. Uh, there was a few coronavirus masks uh, in there for fun um, on the on the evening as well. Uh, not that it's necessarily a, a fun um, issue, if you like, but it was certainly added a little light humor to the uh, to the evening as well so it was just a great um, you know it's a great uh, community that we're building um, and I'd love you to be part of it if you're ready for it if you're serious about growing your business make sure you uh, at least consider us because as I always say it's impossible to do it on your own and if you're trying um, you're probably going to be trying a lot harder than you wish uh, you, you uh, were as such so 
that's the next big event coming up at Hartlepool, 27th and 28th of April. And then we are back in Los Angeles on the 11th and 12th of July for Paul's big seminar. That would be a huge event over there in LA. We've got a huge following in uh, the West Coast, San Diego, Los Angeles, uh, up towards Idaho and Washington State, as well as around Vegas, Denver, that area. So we're expecting a massive turnout in uh, or Phoenix as well. Phoenix is a huge area for, for clients of ours. So... Um, it's going to be big in the summer. Uh, get in touch if you think you're entitled to a, a general admission ticket. Uh, many of our accelerator students can get that now. Uh, reach out and let us know you can get a general admission. Or if you're ready to join Mastermind, uh, you get more privileges on the guest pass. So uh, talk to us. So today, here's what I've got for you. Um, this session was recorded. It's about 45 minutes long. I can um, tell you it's about questions that your admin staff don't ask you. Questions that your admin or staff dare not ask you, okay? What that means is you have a bunch of people in your office who look at you and have questions for you, but they dare not ask you, right? And that's true of every business. So I walked into this session and just quite literally said, ask me the questions you dare not ask your boss and I'll feed back to your boss with answers. So the answers are going to come from me, right? And I went back into the room after speaking to this group of marketing assistants and front desk people at the event this weekend, which we always invite their staff uh, to keep in alignment. And I went back in and said, basically, this is what your team is saying. You need to get your fucking head out your ass and start helping them with these questions, right? Because it's easy for you to sit there and keep doing all of these things and ignore all of these people around you and then blame them when things don't happen. But if they don't have the courage and confidence to ask you, that's on you. So these are quite... Uh, cool questions and we're going to talk through uh, things that uh, are along the lines of um, what, do, what do I do so this is what somebody asked Paul what do I do I'm, I'm on the front desk and I do everything from social media marketing to answering the phone and I can see when our PTs are saying the wrong things to a patient that I know is going to cause the patient to drop off or not book she said it's happening a lot with some of our younger physios but I don't say anything I don't say anything to that to that um, physio what do I do another one um, my boss asks me to start all of these things, all of these tasks, but never lets me complete them because he always wants to check it off before it goes live. And another one, my boss asks me to do all of these things and I think he or she forgets that he or she has asked me to do all of these things. How do I prioritize? How do I prioritize my time? So you're going to hear the questions and you're going to hear my answers. And remember, it's under the banner of these are some of the questions that your staff are secretly begging to ask you. That they've got gold for you. They've got diamonds. They've got absolute nuggets for you. That that um, if you don't speak to your team, and I remember in this session I spoke about the importance of communication across all of the departments, not just in silos, not just the physio team understanding their role. It's in the admin team understanding the role of finance and finance understanding the role of marketing and marketing understanding the role of sales and so on. That if you don't have that across the company, you'll have a uh, you'll have a group of silos. You won't have a, a group of people working together and that's going to shunt your growth. So enjoy the call. Oh, sorry, enjoy the, the, the talk. It's live. It's real. You'll hear people walking in and just stuff going on in the background. 
Um, enjoy the uh, call and feel free to share it with your uh, staff and your team. It might just give them some insights and some encouragement. They've probably got these types of questions that they don't ask you. And um, just hearing uh, me answer it for you quite candidly uh, might just give them a little encouragement to start nudging you and telling you uh, things that they're seeing, but they just don't know how to tell you. And if you do that, I promise you uh, the leverage you'll get will be insane. So enjoy and I'll uh, be back in the next few days uh, with another podcast for you. See you soon. It was the Wi-Fi or it was heating, so choose wisely. There's no room in the budget for both. So what's going on? How's the day's been? You enjoyed it? Yes. What'd you get yesterday? What'd you get out yesterday? Nine word emails. Nine word emails. Yeah. What else? Google reviews. Facebook Yeah. What else? If you can see it, it's easier to get it. And that's the way I look at it. I think a lot of the times, marketing's a beast. It's like this big thing for people. And it doesn't it don't need to be. It's quite simple, really. It's as long as, you, as long as you've got that plan, as long as you know exactly what you want. So all of these things on their own, if, if you just went away and thought, oh, I'm gonna do a Google review, or I'm gonna do a nine-word email, or I'm gonna do a Facebook competition, what you get is what most people have with marketing is frustration, because it works once, and you think, oh, this is great. But then the business owner or the business isn't necessarily getting the results that they want, despite the fact that a couple of reviews are coming in or a Facebook competition brought in 20 people or whatever. It's, it's how does this relate to the bigger picture? And I think that's what, that's what you've got as a, as a company. You've got, to, you've got to try and get everybody on the same page. Is, is what, what are we about here? What, what's the actual specifics of what we want? What do we need? Do we need 20 patients? Do we need 25 visits? Great. How does Google reviews fit into us getting patients? Because tactically, you think, great, we've got reviews. But is the front desk using the reviews to get people over the line who are currently skeptical? Does that, that make sense? So we, we kind of figured all this out quite a while back where when we would write blogs, we would write a blog that answered a question that somebody would ask. So we wouldn't just write a blog on back pain. It would be, why have I got back pain? And why won't it go away? So then the front desk would come in, or the, the, the phone would ring, a patient would say, I'm interested. I'm not quite ready to book. And then I'd have Vicky or Becky have all of the blogs on their, on their, on their desktop, on their, you know, the notes section of their computer. And they used to just copy and paste the links into the email and said, hey, Mr. Smith, thanks for the call today. Um, here's what we can do. Uh, sorry, you know, we haven't been able to book an appointment yet. Here's some information written by one of our physios. It answers the question of X, Y, Z. Now, this blog will have been written four or five years ago, and it's been used <laughs> hundreds of times to get patients over the line. And then because they've been on the website, all of a sudden they start seeing your reviews and your testimonials and your case studies and so on. So you start to understand how marketing fits into the bigger picture of the business, not just this isolated thing that you do. And that's so important for you to understand the, the cross-pollination, if you like, of everybody's jobs, of how marketing helps front desk, of how front desk helps marketing. Marketing, front desk helps you more than anybody because they come back to you and say, here's what people are saying. 
these are the objections. These are the things that they're telling they like about us. These are the things that they are asking for. These are the questions they're asking. So then in the marketing department, you go away and write your blogs or you do your videos or your social media that day to try and help them use that collateral to get people to say yes. So you start finding that you get more people coming to see you who, who are attracted because your message is more refined. And it's not, the, it's not the language of the PT, it's the language of the person. And then you can use the information across, across the departments. Lisa does it to me. Every time Lisa has a strategy call with somebody or, or a coaching call and somebody says something, she'll email me and go, this, this person said this thing, can you do a podcast on X, right? So my podcasts come from them telling me what, what to do. And we're just hitting the pain points of the people who we're speaking to, to resonate more of the people who are listening to get more of the people who are listening to, to come towards us faster. Because that's really in the end what it's about. So I would always try and start with the, the bigger view of what, what are we trying to achieve. As marketing assistants, your best content will come from your PTs or your front desk. And if they then start to understand what collateral you're creating for them. If you've got, for example, after this, you go away and you get 35 five-star reviews within a month or two months. If your front desk hasn't and isn't showing skeptical people the link to all of your Google reviews, what was the point? You get it? So there's leverage everywhere that, everywhere that you look. But when you start to get clear on what you want, your marketing plan, how many people you want, who's involved, who's responsible, it starts to feel less about just the activity that you're doing and you get more of this cohesion between the businesses. And that's when marketing on its own is a lonely, isolated place that's like, you almost get trapped like fucking third world citizens, right? Like as a, as a marketing assistant, in a, in, particularly in healthcare, right, by the way because it's like, it's a grudge. Nobody really wants to do it. Your boss probably, and I don't even know, you know I'm not, I'm not gonna say it's your specific boss, but generally, they don't really want to do marketing. It's like this thing that we fucking have to do. It's a complete pain in the ass. You know where I'm going, right? <laughs> Look, believe me, it's like, I, I, I see it and I kick their asses on it all day. So I, I feel your pain. Um, I'm a marketing, somehow I'm a freak of, I love the marketing aspect of it. So if, if you were kind of working for a marketing sales-based like business owner, it would be a completely different story. But I suspect for many of you, and this is the fight that we have to try and help you win, is that you're often working for a business owner who, who really doesn't want marketing. It's like, I just want to treat these patients and I want to do these treatment techniques. But when you understand that, it actually is easy for you to get on board with them. And you don't start to feel a little bit isolated or as though you may not be getting their attention and so on because they honestly don't want to give it to you. It, it doesn't mean that they don't value you. It just means that their, their perception often of running a business is just get great clinical skills, just be great PTs and let's all just like treat everybody and live happily ever after. And they forget that this left-hand side of an organizational chart called marketing and sales which drives, which drives all of this if they want to grow. And I think the way, the way that I was going to try and help you today we do a session and we'll do it later and if any of you want to jump in, you're more than welcome to, which is how to get the best uh, from your boss. And really what we do is we put the staff, we put my team in the room and just let them ask questions about how we deal with a crazy entrepreneur who just <laughs> is irrational and says he'll do shit and doesn't do it and <laughs> promises you that he'll have this stuff ready and then he doesn't have it ready. And it's like, how do you, how do you as an employee get comfortable with your employer and what you'll find is more often than not you just have to have the confidence to go I just fucking need this or this is what I want or if you don't get me this thing I'm doing it anyway 
And if you don't like the results, it's your fault. And it's like mm -hmm. you, you start to manage your boss almost, knowing that, that they're, they're, they might not be giving you their attention. This is what I'm trying to help you with. They might not be giving you their attention and you can take that personally. And it's really because they're just distracted elsewhere and marketing in this type of business, you're, it's, the, it's the last thing that they want to do. I promise you, right? In, in a lot of businesses, in some businesses, so if you understand where your bosses come from, they've come through school, they're logical, they've done all of this research, they've been to seminars and classes and they've done all their study and they've done their boards and they've got to this point where it's all about research and treatment and getting the best clinical skills. The other side to the coin of a business owner is a, a startup business owner who in his mother's bedroom or her, you know, from home, starts an online business and it's all about marketing and sales. The problem that they often have then is operations and finance. So they have the other end of the, of the problem. They don't care about operations. It's just like sell more things, market more stuff. Let's just get more marketing. And therefore the marketing team in that is the, is the love of their life. The, the, the love of the life of a physio business owner is the physios and the biller who collects the, 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 you know, the <laughs> codes at the, end of the, at the end of the month. So if you understand where you're coming from, I think it's much easier not to take it personally if you ever feel like you're not getting the attention or the lip service that you would hope for as a, as a marketing assistant in a healthcare clinic. It's certainly very new for businesses in our profession to have marketing assistants that are doing this type of thing. The traditional marketing assistant in healthcare was knock on doctors' doors and give newsletters and cookies to doctors. That was who was employed for 25 to 30 years. Since Obamacare and the changes and the cost of uh, PT now and the fact that doctors don't refer as frequently as they used to, cash-based, uh, referrals now are, are huge obviously and it's the only way most are going to survive over the next five or ten years you're probably at the beginning of a new frontier of, of marketing going on in healthcare clinics certainly the, the message that I put out there was very early it was like you, you're gonna have to figure this out because the doctors are not referring they're selling their practices people are not going to come even if they're referred by doctors and pay 50 60 70 dollar call pay with two thousand dollar yeah close that door for us they're not going to pay two thousand dollar out-of-pocket out costs without some form of resistance. And the only way you beat that resistance is through direct marketing, is through blogs that answer questions, is through videos that answer the internal questions that the people are asking you. And if you get, if you get touched tight with your front desk, you can blow the marketing department up. When I was really heavily involved in the physio, much like I am now in this business, that was my day. It was just going back to Vicky and Becky and the physios. And obviously I knew what they were saying because I, I was a physio myself for 10 hours a day. So I just created all of our marketing collateral on the basis of what everybody was telling me. And when you, when you start from that point of view, you never have to make content up. You never have to do anything. You just start answering questions that people are asking you. And you, you go on the camera and you, you know, this question was asked this week. Why is my back pain still there after six weeks? And I have one of the physios just say, well, most people's back pain still after six weeks because they take pills, they YouTube exercise, they, they take bad advice. That's it. That's why it's still there after six weeks. But the physio will dive into, well, it's a stenosis problem, it's got arthritis. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Next. Like, I am watching that. Do you get it? Yeah. That's, that's the job, right? And, and it's, if, you, if you understand it, all of the information that you need to be good at marketing is actually in your clinic. It's happening every single day. You've got to recognise when the physios or the admin are starting to talk in a way that, that turns somebody off. And you've got to get them more engaged by trying to answer the questions in a way that they would under, understand it. So hopefully that's helped. And uh, again, where I was going with it, we're going to do a session this afternoon on how to get the best from your boss. And I think this morning, even just to 10 or 15 minutes, 
how can I help you get the best for your boss, right? As in, what did I say? What, which angle did I say I was going to do you this? Said you, you got, you got the, 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 the ear of their bosses more than anybody. You Correct, that that's right. Something. What do you want me, right? So here we go, we're going to reverse this, right? What do you want me to go back and start filtering into them, right? That, that like, they're not doing this for you, or you just feel like if you had this, or if they were just, and if I, it's, it's on, so this is marketing, right? What's the three o'clock in the morning conversation? You're lying awake in bed at night, and you're like, if my boss would just fucking give me this, or help me with this, or let me do this, or just whatever. If you can try and help me with those little frustrations, I can filter it in, in there. So it kind of don't have to come from you. I could just stand on stage and go, this is, this is kind of what, this is what they're asking for. And if he's not gonna say, Maya told me to say this. Yes, I am. He's gonna be more, he's gonna yes, be more I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna so chuck you, you all under the bus, yeah. So that's, that's what, you know, where, where I would like to, to take it for, for you is, what can I help you with as to how, you know, what's the frustrations you've got from a guy who is like, I'm the same. It's like a, a boss with marketing assistants. <laughs> how can I help you better manage with your, your boss or them to, to, to get more for you? Um, I have one, and this, this is honestly from, this is not mine, this is for a friend. <laughs> I, I hear you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, got, I've got a friend who, okay. yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Great. So there's two it's things. Big, it's huge, very big. It's huge. And especially, um, and I have some some issue with some parts of that. But I heard someone. This, I'm, I'm, in all honesty, I heard someone talking about this, and I was thinking, I see some of some issues that I'm dealing with also. Theirs is on a larger aspect. Yeah. But um, but when you do see something like that, I, I'm a new hire. I just got hired in January, and I don't want to make waves and I don't want to rock the boat. But I see a real problem, um, and I don't know how to bring it up, I don't know, I don't know what to do, Correct. and I was finally asked a little bit about it on the plane ride over here, just, just tiny, tiny bit, and I was able to open up a little bit, but it just, it makes me nervous, because, you know, um, I don't know what to Great do. Great question. Great, I love this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm so new, I still, you know, this, I feel like uh, I'm not, um, I, I can see things, and I understand things from, from a marketing and sales, and just as a patient, uh, you know, I could be that person, I could be that person who feels like, why I feel like I can be treated a little more with more of a, you know, a personable touch. Love it. Um, and I, I see that. I don't know what to do. So it, it, there's a few things, and you've got to start a little higher to get your answer. So I'll, I'll tell you a story. When Vicky has worked for me for 11 years, and she came in from a dental practice. She came in, and um, there was like six dental, dental practitioners in the office that she worked for. And it took her about three, three to six, probably even 12 months before she'd really get comfortable about telling telling me what to do, right? And at the time we probably had five part-time physios and she struggled to tell them what they needed to do, even though she often knew better than them what, what, what the process was, what the problem was with the patient, why the patient was gonna drop off. If you understand that the patient is, is more likely to tell you the truth of what's happening in the treatments than they are the physio, because most people are scared of the, 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 the medical prof professional, right? So they, they lie to me. So if I'm in that treatment room, they tell me what they want me to hear, mm -hmm. which is why many businesses get huge drop-offs in their patient care. They'll ring up and say, I've got no money. 
and you're all in your office going, oh my word, we've never seen that coming and we thought she was doing really well and she just dropped off from nothing, right? They basically lied to you for six sessions about what their progress was, about whether or not they were doing their exercises. And sadly, the physios will never, like, they don't understand that. They just, oh, this is great. Everybody's telling us that this is good and nice. And then you think, well, why would they want to challenge that? Because their ego feels really good mm -hmm. right now. So you've got to get that kind of understanding going on in your business. But Vicky, in the end, um, Vicky, in the end, opened up to me after about 12 months. And she said, I, d I just don't tell the, the physio shit because when I was working for the dentists, there was a hierarchy. And it was like, we, we couldn't say anything to these dentists because it would belittle them. You know, they were these super professional people, medical school and all this type of thing. And I was like, that ain't exists here. Like that does not exist here. And one of the things that I realized from that point of view is I had to culturally make a, a, a shift in the understanding of who really is the most important in this business. And it's, it's the front desk, right? And if there's any shit from the physios, they're gone. They run, if I had the choice of firing the front desk or the physios, the physios better run for the hills, like if I, had a, if I had a gun in my hand, right? And my team knows that, the physios know that. And what that did was allowed me to put the most important people who are on the front line into a position where they can actually help because you will have so much information and you'll see so much and you'll hear so much and you'll know it's right, but you're staring at a, a PT who's got qualifications and degrees and all this shit and you think, <coughs> no, this is not the way that it's supposed to be. So to me, this is a conversation with the boss about ultimately what, what they want. And I, I would be on the back of this conversation, pulling them aside and go, how do you want this to play out? I'm spotting all of this stuff and I'm seeing all of these things. You're gonna need the boss to, to make it very abundantly clear in this company that there is no hierarchy. Nobody's better than anybody. We're all in this together. And if at any point the physios reject the fact that you're telling them what to do, the physios have got to go. Like it, it, that's the only way that you can get that on board in the, in, the, uh, in the office, otherwise you're gonna have huge inefficiencies, you're gonna have a horrible culture for, for no other, you know, for, for one thing. If you came into any of my businesses, I promise you, you wouldn't know who's manager, you wouldn't know who I was, nothing. Like if, I, I often just strut around the clinic with a t-shirt on and shorts, and people are like, who's he? <laughs> it's literally, it's swear, I swear, I swear, right? And I could just sit there on the couch with a cup of coffee and talk to Vicky, right? Yeah. And a patient would go, is he a patient? Like, Cap on back to front and it's like walking out of the clinic and I just start going, oh, can you do it? People are like, who's he? Like, who's, say, oh yeah, he's the guy who runs the, he's the guy who runs the business, right? But that's what I want. I want, I never want anybody to, to look at me and go, he's the boss. Hang around with me, you'll probably realize I'm the boss, but not just look at me. Like that's, that's wrong. That's not like, that's not, that's not cool in my, in my eyes. And it's the same with the physios. You do, it's not just because you wear a suit or you wear whatever that you're a boss. Like that's not the way it's supposed to be. So I think, I could give you a tactical answer that says, well, just do it and you should, yeah. but I wouldn't want to rock the boat for you in that you, you really need to have a conversation with the, the owner of the business and say, um, here's what I'm seeing. I want to be able to go off and tell the physios this, this, and this, but I need you to back me. And, and if you don't, then cool, I'm not getting involved, but just so you know, we're probably going to lose a lot of money unless you let me have the authority to do it. And it really is a cultural thing and it's how the business owner sets the scene for who people are and just the respect within the business. Calling it tight, um, that's one of the big things in my office is if it needs to be said, it needs to be said. And if you don't like it, just because you don't like it doesn't mean it wasn't right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, a big, that's a big thing. But that's where the boss, again, needs to understand leadership and 
all of the types of things that really are required of somebody who's running a, running a practice, a business. So I would have that conversation one-on-one -on -one and just approach it from the, I've got an idea and here's how I think I can help you. And I've got, and I'm seeing all of these things and I'd love to be able to sit with the physios and, and help them. And then if you're gonna do it that way, you're much more likely to get buy-in rather than just going in all guns blazing. And then, and then come from the physio, he, he or she's then got to make it known to the physios that that's the way we do business around here. Okay. And if you don't like it, you need to leave, as in the physios need to, need to leave. But if you, got a, if you ever had a physio who was, who was that uppity, if you like, and didn't like it, to me, that, that exposes what the problem is in the company and the recruitment and the standards and everything else that goes with it. And if that happens, I guarantee you, and I don't even know who your business owner is and what your business is, but if I came into the company, I'd find hell. If, if, if you went to the business owner and said, I've got some ideas to help grow this, and here's how I, I plan to do it. If that person didn't want to go to the physios and go, this is the deal, this is the game, this is why, this is what we're trying to do. And if that, that didn't happen, I'd find issues everywhere in the, in the business because how you do anything is how you do everything. Then if I was gonna do it from your part, just don't do it in front of them. Don't do it in front of anybody and make it a, to make it feel less like criticism, you make it routine. Does that make sense? It does. And just, just to say this, if anybody else has had problems with this at all or ever has or in the future will, she has kind of, she's, um, she's told me before, we're all equals here. And um, I think that that might be what she was talking about. Um, so I just have to get over my own insecurity. Correct. About what's she going to say? What's he going to say? And if I want to help, I need to, I need to say something. I would do it. I would do it if you want the tactical way of doing it. Once you get the buy-in from the business owner and the full support, you've almost he or she's almost got to get the the full team around and go. Here's what our front desk is seeing. Here's what our front desk are hearing, and what I've decided to do. So it comes from the boss. What I've decided to do is set up um, a time every week where the front desk can feed back to you on um, scenarios. And all of my team have a pen and paper in their hand, and like every day they're just writing things down, and they feed it back. And instead of it being a chance, two minute, do this, do this, it's a great, we've got half an hour every Wednesday at nine o'clock, it's, it's booked out in your calendar. And I'm just gonna feed back some things to you about what I heard, what the patient then said to me. You'll see their facials, you'll see their reactions, you'll see blood leaving their face when they're talking about things and it's like, what the fuck is like that just said? You, you'll see all of that. And the physio doesn't because they're so enthusiastic about this medical thing that they're doing. They're not recognizing the eyes going, or the, is that okay? And the patient going, uh, yes. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh, okay, do you want to book your appointments? Uh, oh, okay then, great. It's like, are you not seeing what I'm seeing? Like, come on. It's so obvious that they're, they're, they're not comfortable, they're not bought in. And oftentimes when you, when you see things like this, it can be as simple as, that, that, in that situation, I, I'd go to the physio, I'd have my front desk go to the physios and go, he's just booked six sessions, but I'm sorry, he's dropping off. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now, he's dropping off. And then there's a process in play in the company that says that, that physio now has to call back within 24 hours. Hey, Bill, you know, great session yesterday. Um, thanks for booking out your plan of care. I just wanted to make sure that I answered all your questions. You've had 24 hours to think on it. You're not ringing up saying, Sally on the front desk said you looked a bit startled yesterday. <laughs> you know, it's... It, that's, that's the intercommunication that grows businesses, grows teams, stops people dropping off and adds value to the, to, the, um, to, the, to the company. The best people to understand, the marketers, uh, 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 when you really understand marketing and you get good at, at the understanding, it's just communication and psychology. 
they're the best people to train people in the company. The marketers are communicators. Marketing is just communication, whether it's verbal, written, video, audio, whatever. You're just a communicator, and a good marketer is a good communicator, and you can understand all of these things. You, you, the worst people, the worst communicators are medical people, simple as that, or lawyers, right? One of the two. Mm -hmm. They just don't know how to talk. They can read the law, and physios can read and explain a herniated disc in a way that nobody can understand, mm -hmm. but they can't really communicate mm -hmm. with you. And if you can get your boss to understand that and your team on board to understand that, you, you, you'll, you'll get great success. But don't do it in a nagging way. Do it in a structured, here's what I've got for you. Uh, when, when, when you spoke to Mr. Smith, um, you were explaining this herniated disc in a way of, you know, the, the medical science. Uh, potentially, is there a way to explain it a little bit better? Okay. Does that help? Yeah, thank you. But you, you are the most important, I'm telling you. The front line is, is where all the information comes. If you can get everybody talking, and again, if you look at most medical practices, the reason that they do struggle is the front desk isn't valued and isn't respected. There's lip service to it. There's lip service to the thank you and you know, all of that type of stuff, but there's not real. Real respect is great. Let's talk. What are you seeing that I'm not? A patient said this. You didn't see it. I picked up on it. Great. She told me that she's not quite comfortable in there, you know, yada, yada. When you get that going on across divisions, that's how businesses are seamless. And the right people, the right physios want to be part of that because they want to grow. And the way I always, the way I, my, my tie down to all my physios is, every one of you wants to tell me that you care about these patients. Great. I'm giving you the ammunition now to care about them even better. And if you don't want to understand how to talk to them better, you're, you're no good to me. You, it's bullshit what you're saying about wanting to care for patients. This is all about your ego. And it, by the way, it is, often, right? It is, don't, and don't think for one second, right? I'm as real as they come. Many times a PT will say, uh, and all medical professionals will say, oh, I want, it, I want this for the patients, I want this for the patients. Care about the patients, care about the patients. They do, to a point. Mm -hmm. To a point when it becomes about them and their ego and what they don't want to do and what they don't want to have to learn. And it's like, okay, well, what if I teach you this, this skill of, of communicating better, which means you can help 10 more people? That's, that's when it exposes whether they really want to, to go all in and learn. Koshka? So in our office, our PT who has been there since just January, she is fully on board with training with me and our office manager and the business owner. She's very much involved in the same type of call training that we are, except it's more like on the TV end of things. But it's cool because, you know, if I have the first call and then the client comes in, they have a DV, there can be kind of a debriefing and like maybe from the PT side of things, they spotted something, a resistance perhaps that I didn't or vice versa. So it's really cool to kind of always have that open dialogue and, and opportunities for learning from each other when you're all sort of on that same page. Yeah, yeah, you're in alignment there. And that's the job of the owner. The, the owner's job is to, is to hire the troops and get them all lined up. Line them all up together and understand that every department in a, in a real functioning business that the owner enjoys running or having, all of the departments understand each other's role. There's cross communication between the divisions, not just this big glorious vision and it's all about PT. It's understanding how each department, how marketing leads to a discovery visit, which is sales, right? So now we're in a sales situation. When we sell the plan of care, now we're in what we would call the operations department, which is now deliver on the promise that you made. And when the promise has been delivered, the finance team takes over and collects the check. So if you, if you don't have that alignment across those divisions, 
and everybody speaking to each other, it's chaos. But that's usually what happens, is nobody understands it like that. The, physio, the, the, the business owner often sees marketing as an expense, and I, I, I joke with them all the time. I said, like, you, you've got to be joking. They, they'll think that, that anybody who's just a pure marketer in here for your company, they'll think that the, the initial reaction is that you're an expense, and they see their physios as a revenue generators. It's completely the opposite. The marketer and the salespeople are the revenue generators. The biggest expense is the, is the operational department. And the analogy I use often is, when you all book flights to get here, Southwest marketed to you and sold to you, right? They had your money. It got expensive when the pilot turned up. <laughs> That's where they lost money. Yeah, you following? It got expensive when the pilot turned up. That's where they lost money. Southwest's revenue is not generated by the pilot. Southwest's revenue is generated by the marketer and the salespeople. The finance people have to make sure that all of this matches up. So a lot of the time is they see you as an expense. They, can see you, they often see admin as expense. It's why, again, I don't know all the businesses in here, but I know some of your frustrations if your front desk will be, we just don't have enough admin to do all of the things that we need to do. And in their head, they're thinking revenue cost. It's cost, it's costing. And then I stand on stage and explain six different ways they're losing money by not having an admin. They go, oh, I can see now how by having 40 hours a week, we can make these callbacks, we can stop these drop-offs, we can send these letters, we can drive revenue into the company for these damned expenses called physios to deliver on. It's just all, it's all, it's all the other way around. So I'm just trying to help you understand your role. It's so important and having the confidence to know where you are. I think that's my bell, I'll have to go. Cameron's <laughs> me get my ass kicked in a minute for, for being late. Um, he's very early there. Is that him ringing the bell? Yeah, yeah. Go, go, go and give him my notes. They've only had 15 minutes there, haven't they? Time did they come out? Tell them, tell them about 10 minutes. Tell them we started at uh, 10 past, 10 past, 11, 10. Um, yeah, the, the um, your, you understanding your place is so important is what I'm trying to say. And, and if I can get that confidence th to you to, to kind of help understand how important your role is, your boss will pick up on all of that. And, and if you are not ever in fear of, I feel like I'm a loose part here in the business, I think you'll be a lot more intentional with what you do and therefore get much better results and have the confidence to say, no, no, this is what we're gonna do. This is how we need to do it. This is what we need to do. That's the only way that, that any physio business grows or any business where people in the departments have equal opportunity to share what's happening and what you're seeing with the people. It will expose another issue that's not yours is the point I'm trying to say. If your physio doesn't want to have your feedback, that's not your issue, that's their issue. And it's your boss's problem for recruiting somebody who wasn't coachable. Anything else? So um, I'm learning all of the marketing stuff, and my boss will ask me to do something, and he like checks it before it goes. Yeah. But then it's hard to get him to actually check it. And he <laughs> I asks, love it. And then he asks me to do something else, and so I'm like working on five things, but they're all just sitting there. Great, I so love like it. A good way to get them to like. This is the cast. This is the cast of the business owner, right? <laughs> So, yeah. so in the end, right, and you can quote me on this, right? Yeah. Take this to your boss. This is how I do it. So Amy has the worst job in the business of being directly, she's the only one who really 
her only job is marketing for this business. So she reports to me. She, me and her, it's like we're in the team, if you like. Everybody else kind of has to report to a lot of different people, but Amy's just me, right, which is a challenge for her because I'll come up with five or six different things that I want doing in a day, never mind in a week, right? And I expect her to get them all done. And Amy's um, realized that when I speak out loud, more often than not, I don't mean what I say. <laughs> so we've learned to, to get on in a way that says, I'm, and I, I'll say it now, I'll say, I'm speaking out loud. Because I'll say something to Jake, who's new, and Jake will do it within 20 minutes. I'm like, fuck, Jake, I didn't mean it. Like, <laughs> I was just thinking out loud. It's like, come on, didn't he do it like right now? And he's like, oh, well, you, you said to do it. I'm like, yeah, but just because I say it doesn't mean I want it, right? It doesn't mean that I want it to be done like today. I'm thinking out loud all the time. So I've had to learn to, to communicate with the team where I'm going, and I'm thinking out loud now. And this could be something I need doing, but it's not urgent. It could be two or three weeks, and it could be put on your calendar. And I had to encourage Amy to get strong enough to say to me, you've given me too much. Which one do you want me not to do? That's the phrase. Which one of all of these things, right? And then, then I'll go, this will be my reaction. What do you mean? What have I given you to do, right? And she'll go, this, this. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot, right? Because your boss is the same. Your boss is thinking about 16 th different things and they forget they're just chucking stuff at you. They literally are, right? And you're sat there going, oh shit, you want me to do all these things. I promise you, they don't even remember 80% of the things they've asked you to do. So you just have to have the confidence again in that, that relationship where you say, uh, great, uh, when do you want that doing by? Because don't forget, you asked me to do this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. You needed that doing by Friday. There's no way I'm going to get both of these due. Yeah. Which one do you want me to not do, i.e., which is your priority? That's the first way. And then that, that's where you get some structure between the two of you, yeah. is that you're reminding them of the five things that they've asked you to do, and then you're asking them to prioritize. And as a boss, for, for, from, from a boss's standpoint, my biggest frustration is when I ask the team to do things and then they don't do it. And then they'll go, oh, I didn't have time. And I go, crap, like you didn't have to, you just forgot. Yeah. That's the bit that pisses me off, where they go, oh, I didn't have time. I'm like, no, no, because if you didn't have time, what you'd have done is you'd have emailed me two days before and said you didn't have time. Yeah. That's how I know world-class staff, yeah. that, that they're prioritizing their time. And you, 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 your boss should be saying, I need this, and you're going by when? That's your follow-up, that's your follow-up, by when? And then you're gonna go, I can or I can't get that done because of all of these other things. You're going, great, it's on my calendar to finish this by 5 p.m. on Friday. Mm -hmm. Cool, the next time they chuck something at you, don't forget, you needed this thing finished by five o'clock on Friday, and you'll start getting so specific yeah. that there's no way for them to chuck things at you. Yeah. And, and what you'll find is 80% of the things they're asking you to do, you won't even need to start. Yeah. And the second one is this, right? And again, you can quote me on this and just say, Paul said, moving forward, right? This will get you out of jail. Paul said the way that he does it with the team, and it's true, is if they've asked me for something by a certain time and there's a deadline, I've given them all permission to do whatever they were gonna do without my input. And then their response was, well, what if it's not very good? And my response was, well, that's the lesson and the pain I'll have to learn for not responding to you when you needed me to respond yeah. to you. Because a lot of the times I need them to look at something and it's like, they've got to let it go so that's how we do it and again I'm just giving you that's literally yeah. what we do if it comes to workbooks if it comes to anything yeah. that's got deadlines or times that we're asked to do emails whatever if I haven't if they've asked me the question or tagged me in the group or whatever and I've responded they know now they can just push it out and if I read that email and it's not what I want I'm like fuck <laughs> but that's that's the pain 
that's the like, there's almost like someone's got a, a stinger nudging me to remind me that the next time they ask me, I must check it. Yeah. Otherwise I'm gonna get that pain again. Or I accept the pain and more often than not, the fact that more often than not, it went out 95% good enough, right? And the other 5% wasn't worth my time. And that's what you start to realize. I've had to as businesses have got bigger and it's internationally that I can't get involved in everything. And in the end it's like, just let it go. Like just get it out and getting it out is better than, like I don't give a shit about spelling mistakes, nothing. It's just get it out. As long as it's not reckless, I'm not bothered. One iota, nobody reads the fucking things anywhere. Well, they, they see enough of it to go, oh, that's what I want. But anybody who's reading every word and spotting a spelling mistake, it's like, I don't even want you as a patient. Like, you, 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 got, you got far too much time on your hands if you can spot my emails and you will find problems in the business. That's, like, that's again the mindset that you've got to get past. Um, if, we, if we spell checked everything to the nth degree, nothing would go out. If everything was perfect, it would never go out. We get it. They all do, because they're logical. They all, again, it's their ego. Their ego as a medical practitioner is they, they will be judged as being not a good practitioner for spelling like the wrong, right? Like that's, that's the bullshit that's going on in their head. And they've got to get over that. The faster that they get over that, the more progress they start making and they realize it's actually nothing to do with the spelling mistakes or whatever. It's like, just keep moving. They're insecure about the marketing because it's not their strong Correct. Oh. Massive. Yeah. So they think, I don't want people to know Yep. This isn't my strong suit, so it's wow. gotta be perfect. Yeah. That's that's why. It's not their strong yep. suit, which is why they why they're here, why you're here. Because yep. they're not they, they they're not good at it and they're insecure about that. So the perfection the perfection of it is coming from I don't want people to know that I'm not good at this. That's all it is. Okay. Does that help? Yeah, that helps. Just <laughs> if if in doubt, right, you have my permission, just say Paul said. Right, because I promise you, you will know more about what you need to do than they do. I, I, I guarantee it, right? Because yeah. you're doing it for 40 hours a week and they're doing it for like half an hour a month. Yeah. You will know what needs to be done and just say, Paul said he does it like this and just chuck me under the bus, right? And that's your get out of jail card from now on. <laughs> All right? What's your color? <laughs> <laughs> I, I told her what you should have fucking done a year ago. <laughs> It will be my response to the to the conversation, but honestly, much of like what we're trying to do with the business, like my my business here, is obviously we have a we have a goal of helping business owners be more successful, right, mm -hmm. and as many of them as possible. But to do that, we have to get to the grassroots. Most of them, most of them in there, everything I've said this weekend, right, it's fine, it's great, it's going to sink in. But now they have to go back and fucking get it into the team, and that's the hardest thing. That's the hardest part, right? Many of them are taking back all this stuff and it's just, they're just chucking it all on, the staff member. And until you help them at this level, like this, this to us is the goal of getting just as many of you here as, as there is business owners next door so that we can help at that, at that level. Just to give you the permission to go, no, this is the way it's done. And when we say to the business owners that that's what happens in my office, that it just goes out. And like, you're all right with that? I'm like, yeah, I have to be. Like, that's, that's the deal. That's how we've got it. That's how it's so big. It's why it's grown so fast and so on. Those are the things. Are they waiting for me? Just tell Simon to tell some jokes. Ask him to put me slides on for the. You better go and talk to him about finance again. Really <laughs> Just say I'm finishing up. Just say I'm, I'm solving the marketing um, <laughs> frustrations of all of these staff. And put, uh, ask Jake to put my leadership slides on. I'm going to move into that now. It'll be two minutes. So yeah, you, you're, you're, do, you're doing a great job, and um, you, you're a business is a sum of all of its parts. And if you get more confident about what your role is and 
what you do, your business owner in the end will be much more likely to let you, they've got to let go. And I encourage them more and more, you've got to let go if you want the business to grow. You've got to trust in your people, let them sink or swim. You've, you've got to, and um, just don't, my, my thing all the time is to the staff make mistakes, just don't be reckless. I never ever shout, never ever come in, I never rant, I never rave, just don't be reckless. Be, be, make mistakes, but don't be reckless. And if you come from that point of view, you'll be, you'll be completely fine. All right. And if possible, see if we can get them in the session this afternoon. If yeah, no, that's the plan. That would be great. Finish up the final session um, in there. That's the marketing. What's yeah. working in marketing for everybody. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get that. No, there's a session after lunch on how to get the best oh. from your boss. Even okay. if you want to sneak in for half an hour, I think you'll. Yeah. I mean, you should probably. I think that that that. I honestly think I would let try and get them in. I know you've probably yeah. got a lot to go through. No, no, no. I, like I said, they're they're ahead, they're mostly ahead of the curve on this stuff. E, even if you start lunch a little earlier, like to, to allow you to get, because yeah. we've got an hour and a half for lunch. Yeah. Shh, sent, don't tell him. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Paul's a little concerned as to what I'm telling his uh, his, yeah. his staff. <laughs> Good, so don't, don't tell Paul any of that, what I've just said anyway. Yeah. Um, it stays between us and the marketing uh, team. But I would let them definitely get in that room and it's how to get the best from your boss and we'll put three or four of my team in there and just fire questions. What if he does this? What if this happens? What if that happens? How does he do with this? How do you do this if he doesn't do this? That's the insights that you, that you, that you need to understand. Right, he, right, the, right after lunch it is. Yeah, okay. yeah, 2.30. So even if you guys start a little earlier maybe um, to get done your, your campaigns, but then just free up 45 minutes to come in the room and, and listen to the team. Just to have the, the, the confidence and know where you're coming from. Don't be reckless, make mistakes, but don't be, don't be reckless. And if you come from that point of view and it's intentional, don't change. If the business owner don't like it, they won't like me saying it, but if they don't like that, you're probably in the wrong place. It's the, it's the truth. You can't, you, you can't have, you can't be something else. Like that's the only thing this is intentional, it's pure, this is what I want, it's the best for the business, I'm trying to get the right things done, here's what help I need, here's what I'm seeing, that's all intentional stuff and a business owner should light up when somebody comes with that type of, 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 of information from. All right, right, I better go. All right, have a nice day. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. All right. Right, let's go, let's go. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Paul Goff's audio experience. If you're brand new to Paul's world, head on over to paulsmarketingbook.com where you can get started with his number one best-selling marketing book for physical therapists. Or if you've been listening to the show for a while, you like what you hear and you think that you could benefit from this type of help to accelerate the growth and profitability of your practice, reach out to Paul's team at paul at paulgoff.com and tell us exactly what you're looking for. And by the way, if you know someone who would benefit from today's show, please share it with them. And if you've got any questions that you want answered, tweet Paul at the Paul Goff using the hashtag AskPG. You can also find all of these details over in today's show notes. All right, until next time, have a wonderful day.